Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Jesus Christ is mostly known for the miracles he performed, healing the sick, casting out demons. But the most important thing about the work of Jesus Christ on earth as a human being is the message he preached. Mark 1 verse 14 says that Christ preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. Verse 15 says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. This was Jesus Christ's message. The moment that Christ defeated Satan in the titanic battle of the ages in Matthew 4, he qualified to replace Satan on the throne over the earth at his second coming. So from that very moment on, when Christ defeated the devil, the kingdom of God was guaranteed to come to the earth. Jesus Christ would return to earth and set up the kingdom. Now, that is a really important thing to understand. That is why Christ said the kingdom is at hand. It wasn't being set up 2,000 years ago, but Christ was right there among the people. And Christ will be here again soon, setting up the kingdom this time around. But just notice what Christ said there in Mark 1, verse 15. Repent you and believe the gospel. It's not enough just to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have to believe the actual message that he taught. The gospel. The good news of the coming kingdom of God. And it's not even enough to just believe the message either. We also have to repent. We have to hear the message of Jesus Christ and change our lives. Stop sinning. Stop going the way contrary to God and start obeying him. The message Christ preached can be found all throughout the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's also recorded throughout the entire Bible. Really, the Bible is Jesus Christ in print. It's basically Jesus Christ in written form. And that's what Christ talked about. He explained God's master plan for man. He explained God's law. He expounded on every fundamental doctrine. He prophesied of the future. Everything Christ did on earth, everything he taught on earth, 
that message that Christ taught can be found in your Bible. And that's the most important thing. What did Christ teach? God's one true church today is delivering the same message that Christ taught while he was on earth. I talked about on the show last week how Christ often made sure that most people didn't understand the message that he taught. Christ actually spoke in parables. He made analogies. He told stories actually so that the people would not understand. Notice here Matthew 13, verses 10 and 11. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speak you unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Christ literally spoke in parables so most people would not understand. And we talked about that quite a bit last week. Christ did deliver three different sets of parables. The first set were the Galilean parables. And we talked about the first one of those last week, the parable of the sower. The people of Galilee, many of them farmers, could easily understand the concept of putting seed into the ground and some of it springing up and producing fruit, others, other of the seed, not really taking root or enduring like it should. So that's the parable of the sower, and you can go to last week's episode to learn more about that. But there are actually nine more parables in this Galilean set. The next one here after the parable of the sower is the parable of the wheat and the tares. This is in Matthew 13 as well. Matthew 13, starting in verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not you sow good seed in your field? From where then has it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will you then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while we gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. That's Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. This is a story of sabotage. An enemy put down, essentially, weeds pesky, unwelcome growths in this man's field. But the problem was the wheat and the tares were indistinguishable from each other at first. This 
parable shows how the converted of God's one true church have to live in a very unconverted world in this end time. We have to coexist with the world, but not be part of the world. Matthew 13 also has the explanation of this parable. Starting in verse 37, Christ answered and said unto them, He that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. All right, so Christ really goes through every aspect of this parable of the wheat and the tares, and he explains it all for us. It's right here in the Bible for us to understand. Again, Christ would teach the parable to the masses, but then only explain it off to the side to his disciples. Only the disciples were meant to understand it at that time. And even today, who really understands the truth about the kingdom of God today? Plenty of people think the kingdom of God is something in our hearts. They think it's some fancy idea. They think it's up in heaven when actually the kingdom will be set up on earth. The true kingdom of God is a world ruling government. And it's not here yet because Christ is not here yet. Christ is not ruling the world yet because Satan still rules the world and Christ hasn't kicked him off the throne of the earth yet. But here we have the parable of the wheat and the tares. Basically, it shows how Christ will separate those who are his from those who are not. And now maybe at first it's not very clear which is which. The wheat and the tares early on probably look indistinguishable from each other. But as they both grow, it becomes clear which is which. Which is producing fruit of God and which is producing fruit of the devil. Those who are following God ought to stand out from the world. It ought to become very clear over time that God's people are different. They're living a totally different way. They are not the tares. They are the wheat. Now, there is a really sobering aspect to this parable as well, because at the end of it, it says the tares will be gathered when the time is come, when it's time for the harvest, the tares will be gathered and they'll be burned. So this is not talking about eternal life in hellfire. This is actually talking about people who know better. People who have heard God's truth and have been called, have been invited by God and have rejected God, have followed God at one time and then rejected him. 
those who insist on following the devil when they know better. And God's not going to punish people who didn't know any better, but certainly those who should follow God and don't are going to be punished. They'll be burned up in the lake of fire if they deny every opportunity to submit to God. The Bible does talk about three different resurrections. There is a first resurrection that God's saints will experience being transformed from humans into God's being resurrected from the dead to receive eternal life. There is a second resurrection where all mankind will finally have their first opportunity to know God and obey him. And there is a third resurrection as well. You actually have to live twice to die twice. So, you know, people who reject every opportunity to obey God, they'll die at the end of their physical lives and then they'll be resurrected for the lake of fire. And that will be eternal death. So we want to make sure that when it's God's turn to harvest us into his kingdom, we respond to God and we grow for God. And we don't turn away and follow the devil and choose rebellion over obedience. The parable of the wheat and the tares really shows that that. Christ does want to harvest all mankind. It's just a matter of timing. And when it's our time to be harvested, whether today, before the return of Jesus Christ, or after the return of Jesus Christ, we better respond to that calling. We better submit to being harvested into God's kingdom, or we will experience eternal death. Notice another parable here from the Galilean set of parables. The lamp under a bushel. You can find this in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Also here in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. That's Mark 4, verses 21 through 23. This is really an admonition from Jesus Christ that God's church must proclaim the mystery of the kingdom of God to the world. We must proclaim God's master plan to bring all mankind into his family. Now, again, as we say over and over, this does not mean forcing God's truth on people who don't want to listen. 
but we do have a responsibility to make the truth widely available through as many mediums as possible. Television, radio, print, the internet, in-person visits to different places. We have to make the truth available to people who want to hear it. We must trumpet blast this message around the world and give people some hope of a better world where they will not be ruled by corrupt politicians and tyrants, but by the perfect Jesus Christ. We have to proclaim the truth to the world. We have to let our light shine before the world. Not hiding it, not hoarding the truth to ourselves, but letting it be seen, letting it be heard. The truth is precious, but, but it doesn't mean we're going to lose it if we share it. The truth can definitely spread around. Plenty of people can partake, and we won't lose it just because we shared it. Again, this does not mean going door to door and telling people to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It does not mean going up to the cashier at the grocery store and rebuking her for <laughs> not keeping the holy days or whatever. But those who want to know the truth can find it thanks to God's church getting the message out there. Just like you would not hide a candle under a basket, we should not hide God's truth or try to keep it to ourselves. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul realized his responsibility. He understood his assignment. He knew he had a job to do to proclaim God's truth to the Gentiles, secondarily to the Jews, to the house of Israel, to leaders, even if it meant losing his own head. We all have different roles in supporting God's work and getting his truth out to the world. Mr. Gerald Flurry is God's chosen servant today, and he's written well over 50, closer to 100 books and booklets that you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. He's recorded well over 1,000 Key of David television programs. We've had hundreds of thousands of people subscribe to our Bible Correspondence Course, our World News and Prophecy Magazine, the Philadelphia Trumpet, our Christian Living Magazine, Royal Vision. The message is getting out there, and God's church has to support God's man as he teaches God's truth to the world. We can look at just one more parable here. We've talked about the parable of the wheat and the tares. 
We've talked about the parable of the candle under a bushel. And finally, here is the parable of the grain of mustard seed. Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Back then in the Galilee region, again, all of these farmers could easily understand what Jesus Christ was talking about. They could picture a mustard seed, a tiny seed being planted and becoming the biggest tree. Now, even if the people didn't quite understand all the depth of the parables, if they didn't grasp all the symbolism, they could still relate to the analogy Christ was trying to make. And then Christ, again, would explain in more detail to the disciples. But just like this tiny mustard seed, the kingdom of God has the smallest of beginnings. We are the beginning of the kingdom of God today in God's one true church. The tiniest of beginnings, just a handful of thousands of brethren around the world in the Philadelphia church of God, preparing to rule and to teach under Jesus Christ in God's kingdom. When Christ returns out of billions of people on earth, there's just four or 5,000 people attending the PCG. Talk about tiny. That is really staggering to think about how few people God is harvesting today in preparation to harvest all mankind in the world tomorrow. There's just a little bit of wheat in the field being harvested today and a whole lot of tares. But in time, everyone else will have their opportunity as well. It is our destiny to inherit God's kingdom and to marry Jesus Christ and to rule and to teach all mankind. But it starts so small. It starts in your life today. Are you hearing God's truth? Are you obeying God's law? Are you seeking contact with the ministry? Are you seeking God's Holy Spirit to combine with your human spirit? and make possible eternal life in God's kingdom? Are you growing every single day from the very tiniest beginning, the humblest beginning, into a mighty tree? The kingdom of God, that's what Jesus Christ preached all about. And yet, not very many people understand that message. 
There's so much we can learn about Christ's message by studying these parables. And this is the same exact message that God's church is teaching today. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 